0: This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 47 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. On Another Track is speaking with people we can't meet with face-to-face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. Somebody else said the same thing. Said, I love that background. And I was on the way back from Jasper
1: and it's sort of alternate route or scenic route to Alaska, so <laughs> Victoria can have some pretty crazy weather patterns as well. Well, yeah, and the fu- so the funny thing is in Victoria here, we have a saying um, and the saying goes something like this. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes.
0: That's the voice of Cameron Neal, my guest this week on another track. He's the founder and the visionary for Qualia Computing. When I first met Cameron, he blew me away with his passion for increasing quality of life for people, and especially his interest in re-engineering the human-machine interface, so that we're collectively doing more things that we care about. But rather than me trying to explain these concepts, I'm going to let you go on a journey with Cameron as he unpacks decentralized values-driven humanitarian expansion matrix intrigued you will be as Cameron takes us on the infinite game of a values-driven approach it's business but not as you know it my first question for Cameron was if a listener was to meet you in the street how would you describe yourself mm.
1: you know There's, I think there's, there's two different pools of things, you know, there's like how people label other people. uh, And then there's how you describe yourself. And I think both are, you know, important. Um, You know, if I'm coming from the point of like, how do I describe myself, Um, I would really start with my values. Um, because those are the things that are infinite. If you're, if you're interested in playing the infinite game of values, you're really interested in, in doing something that is greater than any physical act that you can do in and of itself. Because the butterfly effects therein uh, are massive. And uh, so the values that I use uh, to kind of point myself and orient myself uh, are anti-fragile, conscious, co-evolving. And this is a, this is a, so this is a set of values that I use uh, to kind of look at everything that I interface with, and so you know, antifragile. Like, what is antifragile? Anti-fragile means like something that's flexible, something that is has many different uh, interlacing parts, many different uh, connections between disparate parts. Uh, it's it's something that you know, in the face of change. Uh, it does well in, in the face and, and it grows and it expands. So anti-fragile, uh, conscious, you know, it's important to be conscious. Uh, awareness uh, is, is the starting point of all good things, I believe. Um, and so that's like really poignant. Inside of consciousness, there are kind of three, uh, three different parts to consciousness, actually. Uh, the first part uh, we call sentience. This is like our ability to sense the world. So our sense of smell, taste, touch, sight, uh, hearing, all of those things. So this is the first part. Second part is actually, uh, you know, intelligence. So the sense making that we do about the world to kind of uh, get a grip on it and, and like just get in tune. That's our intelligence. And these, these are both, you know, and, and the third one uh, is agency. So like, what are the actions that we can take Uh, And what are the actions that we do take uh, that are, that come from this flow of sentience, intelligence, and then agency. Uh, And it's like deepening the response that you have via your actions from your intelligence. Like that's the thing. If you can really step into like deepening the response mechanism of your uh, impulses, uh, because that's like, essentially what it is, is like, it's this, this, like you take something in, and then you have an impulse that comes from all your emotions and all of your beliefs, your foundational beliefs, your fears, your instincts, your desires, all of this, uh, this kind of this connectome of things uh, really goes on to like then influence, you know, your actions. Then if you can deepen the, the things that you consider, um, I feel like that's really, really super effective thing uh, to have going on.
0: I'd love to get deeper into that in a moment. Sure. Okay. So, so let's move that to one side, cause that's a really big subject. If somebody yeah. asked you what your company does,
1: sum it up in in a few words. So quality of computing is focused on reduce, like this grand picture of optimize this device for inducing greater quality of life and consciousness. Uh, That, that is, that is our starting point. Um, eventually it will be, you know, all forms of human machine interface. How can we optimize the OS's to really impact quality of life and consciousness metrics, uh, as well as like lifestyle goals and and all of these things.
0: How does that relate to what you are doing at the moment in terms of business? Because you're working on some pretty exciting things at the moment, aren't you? Could you just tell the listeners or give them a little flavor about what you're doing at the moment? Yeah.
1: So oh, I, I have to be careful because um, it's like it's kind of sensitive information uh, to, to, some, to some degree. But I can explain that, you know, the two core metrics that we're uh, going to be looking at as quality of computing are firstly the qualities of life that people experience, you know, the like happiness, joy, and then consciousness. So these different parts of consciousness that are your, your ability to sense the world, your ability to make sense of the world, and your ability to act on the world. Um, and so like looking at these two is like really like what we're going to be doing and what we're all about. You know, so, some companies have a good focus on like using the metrics of quality of life or or the metrics of consciousness to some degree. Uh, but, you know, I haven't really seen a company that has like gripped both of them and said, you know, both of these are important. And I believe that they are. Could you give a
0: kind of a a practical example of how you can apply some of the concepts and
1: ideas that you're talking about in real life? There's this idea floating around of, you know, creating a Jarvis uh, for the average person, a, a digital intelligence entity that, you know, understands the context of your life and understands how to share with you, like, what are the next best steps that you could take in your life and all of these kinds of things. This foundationally comes from an ontology that I developed that is these three different vectors of action uh, or domains of action uh, that we all are always already participating in, you know, and we can, we can kind of look at these in a rote sense and like write them down and like get really concrete on like What are the actions that we should be taking based on our intuition? Of course, Jarvis will be a lot more effective than our intuition for the average person. uh, In the beginning, eventually we will get to a point where Jarvis will increase our intelligence and our capabilities so much so that we will become, I, I think, equal to it. And I think that's the goal, really. At the end of the day, you know, we talk about things like AI risk management. Um, I think a big, big part of that is like, what what are we getting this 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 intelligence to do? What is the, what is the application of its intelligence? Uh, if 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 the application of its intelligence is solely focused on upregulating just our quality of life or just uh, a single consciousness metric, uh, I, I think that you know has some spinoffs that that could could lead to some bad results. But if you have an intelligent system. That is focused on both quality of life and consciousness metrics then you have the recipe for something that could s- start to resemble a good ai future
0: okay so for the people that are the uninitiated uh, maybe like myself you know mid-50s baby boomers who really don't understand what jarvis means for mm, a star sure. and uh, yeah you know and uh, maybe explain some of that the concepts behind that and also I want to challenge you a little bit as a second part of the question to say, well, okay, you did highlight AI can be utilized in great ways and and the information can come back and feed the system. But what are some of the disadvantages if it's not taken seriously and directed in a
1: good way? It's a very, very narrow path that we must walk in order to have a good future with AI. There are so many different scenarios that you can run into very easily. And the simplest way to put it is if an AI system becomes more intelligent than, you know, the average human, you know, that's where we start to get into real risk because intelligence gets an idea of like, what's going on? From my perspective, and how can I change it? That's what intelligence is and does. I think it's very easy with with the complexity of these systems that we're creating now for them to have effects that are unknown. You know, even going like we we have this thing called GPT three now that OpenAI has come out with, and GPT three is like this. This AI chatbot that you can talk to and like ask questions and they can even do like coding and stuff. We don't really know what the like we, we know just as well what the effects of this AI system are gonna be as we know what the effects of this conversation are gonna be. And when you start to to concentrate the intelligence of it's like, it's like the, you can think of it as like the same kinds of things that happen when you concentrate like wealth and power. The same type of things can start to happen when you concentrate intelligence. Interesting, interesting. These scenarios of like, you know, Terminator or, uh, you know, especially like if, if, if you if you make an intelligence that is separate from us enough, separate enough, and, and how to define that? That's very hard to define. Uh, separate enough from us so much that it's its own entity. That is that is the start of 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 a very perilous road.
0: It, it, well, it is, but here's the thing. I think, and then this is just me surmising, and I might be right off the mark here. We, we as human beings still have the ultimate power, though, don't we? Because we've got to remember this all relies on energy. It all relies on a form of energy to be able to work. Now, we might get to organic substances, and that's something I've never explored before. Where the organic can be self-fulfilling, you know. I mean that that could be something that you know a small entity can self-generate its own power and therefore self-generate its own intelligence and learning from the world around it. Now that's a, that's a way off in the distance, or maybe it's not. You know, maybe I'm. We're, we're with... very close. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, so I'm not too far off the mark. <laughs>
1: okay. We're we're so close to that much, much, much closer than most people realize. Even, you know, the the great futurists are saying, you know, like Ray Kurzweil, chief engineer at Google, he's, he's saying that, you know, we will reach, you know, this, this kind of singularity point. Now by 2028. That's not that far away. Wow. So I think it's really important that we start to have not, not only these conversations, but like structured like systems that really define what we're creating and like have a, a solid idea of what of what we're creating. Uh, and, and that it is really focused on human intelligence. It's good, I think, for AI to make everything a lot more efficient. It's and it's good for AI to make us more intelligent, more intelligent actors. As a collective and as individuals, part of the collective, it's bad to start giving AI super intelligence. Like, nobody wants that scenario. I think it's like maybe very attractive because, like, we're maybe predisposed as humans to, you know, potentially be apathetic or like, you know, these, these other non desirable qualities of, of human beings is possible for these things to come up but we're gonna like we, we can totally like change those via things like genetic modification and like supplementation with the right things like and even shifting your mindset and and you know there's there's so many ways that we can go about really evolving this 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 vessel that we have Right. I I got so many questions to
0: ask you because genetic modification and all that type of stuff. So let's just focus on a couple of things, right? So I suppose the best example of the kind of the AI going slightly askew would be the Microsoft experiment where they had a, was it something to do with Twitter or Twitter? Like was the an AI bot that would respond to your questions or prompts? Mm -hmm. And then it suddenly went completely AWOL and people were Playing with it basically, asking silly questions that it had been programmed to sort of figure out on its own. And it's still learning, of course. I think they had to shut it down after 16 hours of being online because it was starting to do these really obscene responses and things like that so is, is that it, the one that uh that started creating its own language uh, possibly yeah. i don't know because i just i read it and i thought well that's really funny because you know that's the thing that we've always worried about there's always the flip side of the coin like you've been explaining you know using it for you know human intelligence but if you kind of experiment with it it's it, it's actually very exciting to think where it can go on its own but somehow you have to put some constraints in, as you were saying there, like a structure to say, well, what is um, what looks right and what doesn't look right? You know, you've got to have the, the the yes and the no bit going on there. And there's lots of gray in between. But, um, yeah, that, w- that was quite funny. I, I thought that was quite humorous, actually. So I think, you know, it's good that people are conscious about it at the moment. But listen, can we rewind and talk about Jarvis very briefly?
1: Just I know we didn't really get to the terminology. What does that mean? Yeah, so Jarvis is a Digital intelligence that understands you, understands your your environment, your context. Your this is a, this is a, a a strong word in in that's used in AI development is context, uh, because you know how we define a word in the world of uh, machine learning and and uh, in digital intelligence is by context. So what is it next to? What is always or usually around that word? So we can think of this in terms of like, what are the things that are usually around you or generally around you? And like, how are you uh, being uh, shared things that are indicative of like next best actions for you to take in your life? This this is, I think is the core value offer of a Jarvis type system is like one helping helping you through you know, tasks that you might want to accomplish and to helping, you know, just like what are the next best things for me to do based on, you know, my, my lifestyle goals, how hard I want to work, you know, all of these different things that we have mainly, we have goals and we have like the lifestyle that we want to live. And Jarvis will really help you to not only plan, To do those things that will enhance your quality of life and your consciousness and all of these these metrics, but really get in tune with you and be able to assist you in all manner of ways. So like an example of what Jarvis might do for you is like, you know, say you have a goal to become 25% stronger, you'll be able to select from uh, a bunch of different roads that'll get you to that place. And, you know, maybe one will take a little bit longer than the other, maybe one will take a little bit shorter, maybe on the one that will take less time to do, maybe you'll be spending a little bit more money. Maybe you'll be going to this gym rather than that gym. Maybe you'll have this like curated, customized nutrient plan that'll get you all the nutrients that your body needs to be able to progress you through that 25%. There's certain things that need to happen. And so like, you know, maybe you just finished at the gym and you, your Jarvis knows that. And so he like buzzes your phone and shows you the three places that are closest to you where you can go and get a good meal that are going to support uh, those goals. So
0: really, in a way, um, we naturally, when we're younger... Uh, you know, and if you look back in my age range, in my generation, my mum dad's generation, we naturally evolved from what we picked up from our environment. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was that we um, then actually did actions based on environment, you know, the conditioning that we got as children, um, people's expectations. So there was a lot of different data, but as a human being, we were naturally processing it. And we were being ourselves and living in the moment and consciously so, you know, or maybe not consciously, we were just doing it as a reaction. Mm-hmm. What we're really saying now is that um, AI is going to move that to a point where a lot of the conscious decisions that you would normally make, you know, oh, what am I going to do now? You know, that choice thing. Mm-hmm that choice can be made for you by a system. This is what we're really saying. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, is the benefit then, and this is what I'm trying to understand, right? Is the benefit of that, is it that it frees up your mind to think of other more enjoyable things rather than the mundane things? Is that the, the concept behind it? Is that the idea? Well,
1: that's, a, that's a, a great part about it, I think. You know, technology has always been liberating us from suffering, and it will continue to do that forever. We will never be completely liberated from suffering. We will always find a new thing to complain about, and and technology will will continue to address those things.
0: Okay, so all right, now let's let's flip this coin over, right? I always like to put the kind of other side across. Now, AI sounds great. It sounds as if it's really going to benefit things. We've saw amazing advances in technology in terms of medical, learning, you know, different aspects of our life. But what about if some country or some regime decides to take AI technology to the extreme that we were talking about? So, you know, the people that the visionaries who did minority report, you know, the the guys that thought about, you know, the Internet in the 1960s, they already kind of figured all that out, that there was going to be this network. So we've got people that are very much thinking 20 or 30 years ahead of us. What are we going to do about the countries or the regimes that decide to take AI technology and use it in a not so, such a good way? Because the potential is there, isn't it?
1: There is a fix all. There is a way to have all the positive things come about. It's not easy. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this in the short term. I think that this is something that will happen if we make it to this point of like being able to come together as like humanity and be like, okay, so we have all of these political systems. And they're basically just, you know, little factories of like heat production rather than like uh, efficiency, like enhancing entities that coordinate globally and do all of these interesting things that maximize the utility of all the actions that we collectively take. Arface will help with that a lot uh, on an individual level. On a collective level, it will also kind of like the, the effects will be collective. But the the really interesting thing that we could do, uh, and I think that we should do, is we should look into the efforts of having a, a new global government governance structure that is like, based on each city that exists, you know, you and you have like a little thing in your phone that, you know, tracks your location and like wherever you spend your time, like that's where your resources for your taxes get allocated to. Because that like, and I, I think that would be like the most efficient thing that we could do at this point in time. If we could have that, if we could put that system into place, or a system like that, that would do amazing, amazing, amazing things.
0: But, you know, here's the challenge, of course, is that there's two things there, really, is you've got to take part in the scheme. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. You've got to be part of an active member, yeah. if that's the right expression. Yeah. And secondly, it's almost going against the the kind of the the flow of the tide, you know, that as countries build, they build into bigger, bigger entities and they become larger entities and they become countries like you know, the USA, China, UK, because they were separate principalities or entities before. Why would we turn back the the flow of the tide and become individual locations that are doing individual things? I know it's part of a larger system and a network, but why would you think that would be attractive to people?
1: There is a principle in judo. Judo is a martial art. Uh, It comes from Japan. There's a principle in judo called which means maximum efficient use of energy. This is the way. There, there is no greater way. This would be, I think, the optimal attractor for us moving into a system like this, uh, that we can see clearly that having a both top down and bottom up global government governance structure that is optimized that is the most efficient possible system that we could have to kind of do things like talk about like creating a new Charter of Rights and Freedoms like that's those are the things that this 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 entity would it would initially do uh, eventually you know it would have like upvoting structures to like super efficient upvoting structures to be like these are the things that we believe that should be changed about law and about like our infrastructure of our cities and all of these different things and these could be very very localized things with kind of an overarching ai slash uh, board of mindfulness type entity at the top of the structure that's all you know, evolving and voted into and vetted by the collective. I, I don't believe that there could be a more efficient structure.
0: Well, you're halfway through listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week is Cameron Neela of Qualia Computing. Next, I want to ask Cameron a little bit about his spiritual journey and how his parents supported him in the choice that he made.
1: to begin when i was really young i was brought up christian that was pretty strong in the beginning from from my mother's side of the family and we like i was never really certain like you know this is the thing that i need to be doing it was more you know this this sense like oh okay like i think i'm doing the right thing if i'm around these people and like here at this location on Sundays. And I, I think it was that way for a lot of people uh, growing up with Christianity. After high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to be doing with my life. And so I I, I went into this, this program called Oxano, which means to grow in Greek. And it was this disi- Christian discipleship program where we really studied about, you know, who was this Jesus character and what, what was his role and what is his role and what's my role due to what his role was, you know, these kinds of questions, getting really, really succinct with, you know, what, what is something useful that can come from this? And I I gained a lot of different kinds of wisdom from consuming what was in the Bible and what was, uh, shared by our teachers and our mentors. And at the end of the day, what I took from that was, you know, our mission, really, at the end of the day, is to bring heaven to earth. Like, what what greater mission could there be? You know, the question is, like, what is the thing that we can always reach towards but but never quite grasp incom- incompleteness, and it's like okay perfection, okay so that's like how we define perfection is like this heaven or nirvana uh, these these kinds of things, and you know there's there's many different traditions that say that it's possible to achieve that after we die, but what Jesus really came here to say was, guys we got now we we're alive now let's let's make all of those great things happen here. Like that, that's really what I got from that experience. That's,
0: that's excellent actually in many ways, because you yes. it really is clarifying living in the moment. And that is a really, really strong thing. It's a really, it's a great thing to aim for, isn't it? Mm. To be in the moment and do something now. So you obviously had a, a very supportive family. Tell me a little bit, mom, pa, and, and I know if you've got brothers and sisters, what was the family structure like?
1: So my mother and father split up when i was seven years old um i had a brother he was very annoying all the time when i was younger three years younger than me and so you know there was always lots of uh lots of things to 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 fight over you know when we're when we're growing up and you know just like trivial things you know I, i i really didn't like getting into that i was really focused on what is the physics of the world like how does this like form and function, you know, like what's going on. And he, he was much more about like people and like relationships. I was, I was much more on the track of like, why does the apple fall from the tree? Why does the, this animal act in this way? And so I I was really kind of on that track for a long time. What kind of changed that for me is I went into school for mechanical engineering, actually a few years after high school. I was still very focused on, you know, understanding the mechanical possible nature uh, of the universe from that viewpoint. I started to shift from that into more of like, okay, so there's all these conscious entities and there's all these possible realities that are real. And there's, you know, I'm having this experience of like, I'm seeing these things happen and Uh, I believe that this is the most accurate picture of reality, and we all kind of have that, but it's like, how do you know for certain that reality is real? How do you know that it's not possible to shift reality to a a very different reality? This is in the same kind of realm of like my, my core beliefs of like, we are co-creators of reality. Based on the beliefs, the feelings, opinions, and beliefs that we hold inside of ourselves. And that we live even in this, like, this metaverse of, like, multiple universe realities after death that are all intertwined and also separate, you know, where the Christian is, like, going to heaven after they die. Or maybe the person believes so strongly that. Christianity is there Jesus and like you know heaven or hell is the real thing and they end up going into uh, a not so desirable place after life like that's like I think these are all possible scenarios for like the realm of like what happens So I'm not going to let you get away with it. I want to know what mom and dad did and how they influenced you. It's a good question. Um my dad took us traveling a lot. Um I had had many different experiences with that. Uh, we went in 2012, we went to Africa on a, you know, what you can call a missions trip, uh, where we helped to construct a school and then went on a safari, kind of saw all the different angles of like, what's going on in Uganda. And that was really interesting. Um, and enlightening. I, I, I got a lot from, going to all of these different places and seeing all the different ways that people are living. And I I, I believe that it's going to be important for me to continue on that path. My goal over the next couple of years is to start traveling again and be like spending my time in more like what you can consider like developing nations uh, to kind of see more broad scope, like what's going on in the world, because I think we're so so closed off from that in our day-to-day lives. We have this thing called the internet that helps us like get an idea of what's going on, but to really, to really know and like have, have a felt sense of, of what's going on. you, You need to be there. You need to be in it. And so like, that's really what I, I would like to to do
0: okay um so let's kind of wrap that back round to what you do as a business at the moment because i know that uh we broke well we spoke briefly before about some of the work that you are on and you're working on with some government contracts potentially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we roll all of your experiences, your your spiritual experience, your AI experience, and how do we wrap that into a business that you're in at the moment? Give the listeners a kind of an overview of that and what that looks like and and the type of things you want to be involved with.
1: It's the first time someone's asked me that, that concretely. That's really good. Um, so what I am fundamentally interested in is looking at these two metrics of consciousness and quality of life and like seeing how we can optimize all the human machine interfaces for these two metrics and start expanding those and really getting a a better map uh, for like human experience you know we have google maps and that that works great for getting us from a to b physically but but what about mentally what about developmentally what about all of these other things that we care about we don't really have great collective maps for those things yet so that it's the the mapping of of like the human experience i think is really important and also like just like what what I have here, forward facing, like I have my notifications, right? I would like it a lot better. Uh, and, and this is kind of like the trajectory of Jarvis is like, I want to see here, like not just my distractions. I want to see like, what's the next best thing that I could possibly friggin do in my life based on all the intelligence that we say is in this thing.
0: I love it. And at the moment you're holding your phone up to the screen. So just to kind of the us a perspective on that, yeah. but you, but that's great. No, that that's what I wanted. I wanted to find out what was the kind of essence uh-huh. of what is motivating you. You know, you've had all these experiences, you've had a pretty mm-hmm. diverse childhood as well. You did all these experiences in Africa, but how do we distill that down to the entity that is really something that is the fire in your belly, you know, the fire that gets you up each day to, to pursue this AI and what we're really saying, you've just given it a tangible benefit. There, it's not about the distractions. I love that line, yeah. but it's about the things that really will benefit f- for me. W- what's a new experience I could have yeah. that would fulfill me in, in in my heart and my soul? And that's what I thought was missing from the conversation. Yeah. And you just confirmed it. That you, you, your your entity is there. You you're going to go for something that is so tangible to human beings. Isn't yeah, it? it is.
1: Yeah. There's there's so many of these these human machine interfaces that we have like right now this one that we're using uh you know zoom great device um i think that uh, you know a a lot of good has come from you know i think efforts like yours of uh you know discovering what's going on in people's minds um through this through this zoom thing has been really good i think and we've really we've really progressed i think the mind of humanity quite rapidly and are, are, are on a trajectory a path of that you know that that increasing even more and more rapidly uh, as we as we learn and grow in the, our collective wisdom you know we we've we've had people come up lately and say things like we have like the power and the influence of gods but what about the wisdom and the clarity and i think we're we're on a track that will bring us to that place it's so exciting to be part of this, this process. And I think, you know, it's going to take all of us getting on this kind of mission of like, you know, having the wisdom and intelligence to match the influence that we're having over this, this earth, that is our, our home, our, our spaceship earth, you know, that's like traveling millions of miles an hour around the, around the sun. You know, it's crazy. Totally. I agree with you. And and here's the exciting thing about it is,
0: what I love asking now, and this is the $64 million question, right? We take this amazing mind that you have, which has a, it has a kind of rational engineering side, but has this amazing spiritual side, which is very unusual. You don't often get that meshing. Mm. Take us on that journey. Shut your eyes. Project into the future. What are we going to look at 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years from now? What is your mind illustrating in front of you? What, what can you see? What's the vista that you can see in terms of not just AI, but where we're going as a human race?
1: We will, we will come to a crossroads, and this crossroads will be very soon, sooner than any of us expect, where we will either have to evolve our physical in entities and our physical, the intelligence that is there or give that up and be enslaved to AI. Interesting. That's, that's a very interesting perspective. That is, that is sooner than, than any of us realize. I think, you know, the people that say that they don't want to upgrade themselves in some way using some form of, of technology or, or something of the like, you know, I think they will fall behind a lot, even with just like the mental developments that we've been making with, with having higher bandwidth communication across the globe, and across nations, we're we're gonna need to take the path of basically upgrading ourselves to be able to race with AI. That will be a race that never ends, hopefully. Yeah,
0: I think you're on the money there. I think it's an ongoing thing. It's like computing. Who would have ever thought computing after the Second World War would be at the stage it's at now, you know, and we've really got a long way still to go with the way that we use computers and that tool. Mm -hmm. So I think you're absolutely right. Okay, if uh, we were looking at your ideal client, somebody that you wanted to work with, okay, in the AI Sphere, and we're not just limited to AI. There's other technologies that bolt into that. Mm-hmm. Who be who be somebody that you would be really reaching out to who might be listening to this program that you would love to
1: liaise and work with? Yeah, great question. The first thing that I ask people, I, I ask them to tell me about their life story. This is mainly to kind of you know get a gut feel for like what is going on with this person. I, the thing that I look for, David, is I look for passion. I look for an ability to bring something new, you know, so in innovative capacity and passion are like, I think the the two most important things that I look at. And I, I think that it is possible to find that in a very Very uh, broad set of people. I, I think a lot of people that are hiring limit themselves by believing that they need to search for a very specific individual that meets a lot of different requirements. Whereas I think a more holistic approach of like looking at someone and seeing the value that they could offer plus how can i asking asking yourself as the employer how can i inspire this person to maybe be more passionate or be more innovative i i think that is something that we've like employers have kind of uh a a lot of employers not all i think google does a really good job uh and other other companies of, of that stature i i think they've a lot of them have have kind of put the responsibility on the other side of the table whereas like if you want to have power and influence in life you need to take responsibility and the more responsibility that you take the more power and influence you're going to have in the world positive power and influence you're going to be able to have the more the more good things you're going to be able to create so yeah i I think taking responsibility more and more is something that can lend itself to really powerful innovation. And so that's something that I I really uh, try to do.
0: I, I like that, taking responsibility. It was actually really interesting. I was listening to a video the other day that people are not taking responsibility and that's why we have the apathy and that's why things aren't getting done the way that people want them done because somebody has to step up to the plate and take that responsibility and do something about it. But the great thing about it is that if you do do that, there's so much that can come off the back of that. That's the great thing about it. Now, the only thing you didn't mention, and I'm going to really push you again on this one: if you're looking for an ideal partner, what does it look
1: like? Who or what or what type of entity would it be in your mind? It's so hard to say, um, because I, you know, it, it's so much about like like gut feel. Like when 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 I meet someone, and I'm I'm just like you know, really getting to know them as an individual and like seeing like, you know, first of all, do I have the capacity to inspire this person or are they inspired enough that they're going to, you know, inspire me? Like, are like, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, the question that I ask is, it is, is there inspiration here that is beyond what was currently there? If there isn't, if there, if, if there's less inspiration, like that's the fundamental metric, I think, for the that should be the fund of foundational metric of, of, of like of hiring hiring anyone. Uh is like is there more inspiration or less inspiration?
0: And I think you're on the money there because the inspiration is the thing in not just inspires you but gives you the energy to go on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's really, really important. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, we <laughs> I, I think the meta analysis is like we we, we've we've polluted our world we've built all of these structures and we thought we were building you know some great thing when in reality we were building great things but at the same time we were you know kind of harming systems that were fundamental and foundational to us like being able to exist on on this earth and so it's like you know that's a lot of responsibility to try to take on and it was kind of a, I think it's just been a slow shock to the system that we're all still kind of dealing with. And, and like, th- there's still also people, a, a lot of people are just unaware of like, what are the full scale solutions uh, to the these problems that we've created, like the global, climate crisis like how what what is the full scale solution like most people aren't aren't aware and I'll, I'll tell you what it is it is is it it's 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 no longer how can we fix this thing it's how can we optimize our biosphere for quality of life and consciousness like not not is it like it's like this old practice we used to have of like fixing things and like patching it up and like trying to make sure that there's no water leaking, uh, rather than like just making the system better in its entirety and optimizing it. Uh, optimization is, is really, is really a, a key, a key thing to be doing that really lends itself to good things. Eventuating we, we have to create giant machines, like massive, massive machines that do this process. And we're already starting to do this with things like carbon sequestering, where we're pulling carbon out of the atmosphere. We're gonna need to do this with more than just the atmosphere. We're gonna need to do this with the hydrosphere and the lithosphere and and all of the other parts uh, and kind of reallocate all of these different foundational or fundamental building blocks of this ethereal everything and like put them in the right places.
0: I, I love that concept of not fixing things anymore, but actually optimizing. That's a really great one. I want to end on there because I know what we're just talking about now, we could be at a separate podcast. We really could get into some really interesting concepts. Mm. If somebody wants to go into the world of artificial intelligence and all the other things that are associated with that, what would you recommend that people do? You know, certainly people sort of leaving high school and things like that. Where do you think they should go And what are some of the subjects they probably should do at a sort of higher education level, at university level? What would you suggest? Or do they go to university? That's the other thing. I suppose that's the other part of the question.
1: I think that if you have a hard time getting chores done, you should go to university and prove, prove to an employer that you're really good at getting chores done. If that's what you want to do. If you want to create something new that matters and change what's going on in a in a foundational sense uh, or even just get a really better grip on reality then i i would suggest doing self-guided research that is based on your interests nothing else nothing else other than what what are your passionate interests and following those things you know and putting putting the the hours in of like really just searching and researching all of those different aspects in, in all of the different networks that there are that are out there. I think that is probably the most powerful thing that can be done, is really just following your interests and evolving your, your comprehensive understanding of, of what's going on. I think once you have a better grip on what's going on, then it's a lot easier to communicate to people, you know, what needs to be done in order to make the shifts that you're feeling, that you have a feeling inside of you, that there's there's something that needs to change. There's something that needs to change and, and, and you'll have a better idea of what that thing is. Very, very perceptive. I, I like your um, advice there because you give
0: two options for people. You you do this one or you do this one. Yeah. But If you really wanna achieve this, this is what you're gonna do. Okay, final question, I promise. <laughs> if you could live your life again and, and you're an extremely young chap at the moment. And, um, you know, I usually ask, you know, if you're 18 again, what would you tell yourself? But I'm going to say now, if you could remold your life and remold some of the experiences and maybe make different choices, what
1: would they be? What would you say? You know, it's, that's a, that's also a, a really hard question to answer. Um, because you know, Obviously, you know, there's, 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 it's impossible for me to know in completeness if the actions that I've taken have caused suffering that I'm unaware of. Um, but I think that, you know, if I could start my life over and know that an action that I was going to take was going to cause suffering, if I, if I could then avoid that action, uh, then i think that would be uh, 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 the 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 route that i would take uh is like really getting in alignment with like my karma and my karmic seeds and like how that is going to play out in the in the big picture yeah i i accept that there was kind of the responsibility of like uh, it's unknown to me what in the completeness of the effects of the actions that i take are going to cause i have some idea of what that is and a better idea of what that is now that i'm being driven by values i feel to a large part yeah. I, I don't know if that fully answers your question.
0: No, it's good because it's a, it's usually, um, you know, a complete left field question because it really stumps people a lot of the time because nobody ever has asked that or they've never thought on that level before. Yeah. And it's a tough one to answer. I, I don't disagree with you. It really is. But no, whatever your answer is, is correct. As far as I'm concerned, you know, from an interview point of view. Okay. So if people would love to carry this conversation on with you, Cameron, um, what's the best way of reaching out to you to have a, you know, have a chat?
1: Um, what's, where, where are you available, as they say? Yeah, um, we have a couple of websites uh, that you can find us at. One is sourcecodequalia.com. Uh, the other one is qualiacomputing.ca. Uh, both, on both of those sites, you're able to send us an email to get connected, as well as uh, my my personal email I will share, and that's just uh, cameronneal 8 at gmail.com. And I use that. I'm, I'm quite, uh, quite, 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 quite uh, rapid fire with my responses there. So if anybody has any questions or, or comments or, uh, or concerns, you know, feel free to, to reach out. I'm I'm always, always have an open ear.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And I know you're active on LinkedIn as well. Um, so that's great. So people can just type in Cameron Neal on LinkedIn. And uh, as long as you've got anti-fragile consciousness and co-evolving, yeah. You're on the money there. <laughs> you're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your perspective uh, on the, on the world and on the AI world, more importantly, I wish you the best. And I hope your company goes from strength to sense. So thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you, David. You've been listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. I guess this week was Cameron Neal of Qualia Computing helping to facilitate your desired experiences of life. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in this series. Just look out for On Another Track with me, David Wilson, on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a Cam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated. Keeping us safe on the roads of North America.